welcome to Spreading the Good Stuff, a podcast for regional women who want to thrive in their work, wellness, family and community. We share stories of triumph, challenge, growth and change in business and in life and offer helpful insights and advice to empower you to live your best life, however that looks for you. Welcome back to Spreading the Good Stuff, episode 10. Great to be here with you all chatting again. Hi, girls. Hello. Hi, Lee. So nice to be here. Today, we have a ripper for you, as they all are, but we are having a conversation today around a really interesting topic, um, one which may be a polarising one. We'd love to hear your views along the way, but this is an issue that has come up um, for me in particular over this last, um, the last year or so, but I think we all probably can share some personal experiences around it. But it's the issue of ageing for women and this idea that women in particular, once they reach a certain age, let's say around the 50 mark, that women become invisible or considered irrelevant by society. So um, we'll dig a little deeper into this as we get into the conversation, but um, so curious to know from our listeners if who are around that age bracket or maybe that little bit younger, if that is something that you have experienced at all, um, maybe, maybe not, um, but it is definitely a thing. Um, and, in fact, uh, M. Rossiano shared, uh, it was a video post recently on her social media about this very topic um, and really talking to the point of how important it is that women, um, particularly once they reach that kind of stage of life, really um, reclaim their space. So I guess essentially what she's saying is that from her point of view, she's in her 40s. I'm not sure if she's early or late 40s, you girls might know, but yeah, feeling the most, yeah, feeling the most powerful and comfortable that she has at any stage of her life here, here in her forties, but um, and also knowing so much more, having so much more wisdom than she did in her twenties and her thirties, and um, what a wild coincidence it is that at this stage of her life, as she's approaching that age, that society is starting to tell her that she's irrelevant and that she's past her use-by date. Um, so I'm not sure if this is just something that affects women who are in a professional space or who are in a public space. Um, really curious to dig into it and, and see what you all think. I know um, she's also saying in, in her in her piece, she says that younger women are conditioned to ignore women once they reach that stage of, of life in their 50s, that those that are in their 20s and 30s kind of, so it's not just men saying that women are irrelevant by that stage, that it's younger women as well who consider women, once they've reached their 50s, let's say, that that they're just, they are past their use by date and that they don't really have any relevance to them. So um, what Em's saying in her piece is that we need to, at this stage of life, be working together and really celebrating women of all ages and um, really encouraging one another to, use your voice and to speak up and reclaim that space because this is a stage of life. You know, once I feel like that's really your peak, you know, your 50s and mm. like the amount of wisdom and knowledge that you have by that stage of life is just incredible. So it just feels so sad to think that we wouldn't care what women have to say by that point of their lives. So 
love to throw it to you girls and see what you what your thoughts are on it if this is something you've experienced like we we might not quite be there at that stage of life yet but um yeah maybe Katrina if we can throw to you first Mm, okay so so much coming up for me on this the first thing that's just very relevant in my mind at the moment is because I've been studying this course with Dr Sarah McKay on neuroscience and the female brain is that actually there's an increase of gray matter through menopause in women so in actual fact like we're becoming wiser again and smarter you know so so they're saying it's (laughs) this you know this um matriarchal woman like reaching her prime so like biologically we're actually also you know that's where at our wisest point we've got the most to offer so yeah, I mean, I think that's really important to acknowledge as well. But I think it's so, I think what that highlights is that it's very much a societal thing. It's a social conditioning. We're sort of conditioned to believe that we get to this point and then we're no longer relevant. And I think that does come down to, which we'll, we'll probably get into talking about how this relates to sort of cosmetic surgery, that kind of thing as well. But it's because we have to look young. You know, you think about news readers, men still look fabulous when they're, you know, 65 reading the news, whereas the woman's starting to have so much work done just so she can still look good, you know, to stay relevant on the TV. So I think the way we look, our appearance, you know, ageing grey men is seen as kind of sexy, whereas an ageing grey woman is not as much, you know, like we're all trying to hide our greys desperately. You know, it's just another gender gap where men don't have to think about this stuff really. And I'm sure there aren't many men having a conversation about how they're becoming so irrelevant because in actual fact... (laughs) You know, 60 plus <laughs> men are all on the boards running the world, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's such a gendered conversation and it's just so, yeah, I guess maybe it's another one of those areas that, you know, I mean, this blows my mind. Did you know that the first research paper into menopause was only done in 2021? Yeah, I know. And that's because that's when scientific paper. And that's when they debunked like, all that stuff about HRT. Out. It's like, well, what, what, what's been happening the rest of the time? Nothing. So, no but this is just another thing you think, well, but so hopefully though the thing is that our generation is saying, well, fuck that, hang on a minute. Totally. We don't want to just put up with having menopause and perimenopause and we're not just going to say that we're defunct and irrelevant now because we're getting old. Like, sorry, we've still got a lot to give. And I often think about this in like in the area of this is not gendered, but this is the same, in, the, in the farming space too. Like there's so much for under 35s and we're doing all this stuff, you know, these awards and all these like celebrations of under 35s, but actually – the real goldmine and the bracket that's amazing, I think, in sort of farmers or probably any business or any industry is this sort of gap between like probably 35 to 55 really because you've got life experience, you've got that knowledge, plus you're still young enough to be a little bit risk, you know, risk averse or able to take risks, I mean, and like be a bit kind of innovative. So it's actually this goldmine period, but you almost, like you say, Lee, get forgotten in that patch. It's like, you know, really we should be seeing those people and, and maybe it goes back to that conversation we were having a little bit in our last episode around ageing and how we just don't respect mm-hmm. our elderly enough in our society. You know, I think it might be very different in an Asian culture where the elders are so respected and different religious groups and different cultural groups and all that kind of stuff where actually, probably culturally, where the age, the older, and, you know, you think about our Indigenous cultures, like the, the older people are like their absolute guides. Absolutely. You know, so is it a Western thing where we've got this all wrong? We've just placed so much emphasis on like women having to look a certain way that we've forgotten that they're still actually, you know, so intelligent and so incredible and, and that the wisest, bestest selves at that period of life. So I actually feel quite passionate about this now. I'm talking about it, mm-hmm. Lee. I'm like, it's ridiculous that we do this. To yeah. Them, isn't it? And there's so many great examples out there. Like I was just, you know, researching this conversation 
thinking about how for me I'm a little bit closer to 50 than than you than you too and I just feel like for me I'm really stepping into my power as a woman for the first time I I spoke about this recently I think it's a lot to do with this yoga course I've been doing which is a physical and emotional kind of transformation but there's so many wonderful examples out there of you know most recently that amazing woman um Jeannie, who won the um, the Alone Australia episode, which I didn't watch all of, but like, how amazing is she? You know, like, I'm just like, she is my new hero, and um, just seeing people step into their power, and and for the first woman to, to to win that is just incredible. I think it's the first woman globally to win that Alone um, competition because it's a it happens all over the world, like it's a franchise, and. Um, and and just you talking briefly then about the menopause conversation and yes, like even when I have a conversation with my mum about it, like she whispers it still, like in case someone overhears oh, her, you know. And and I golly. I kind of I, I don't criticize her for that because that's the generation she was brought no. up in. But I talk about it with everybody, including my kids and my husband <laughs> and <too>. everyone. <laughs> and you know there is some amazing work being done. Like the beautiful Naomi Watts has got this incredible page on Instagram, which she talks about the menopause journey and just kind of brings up a lot of stuff which is really relevant and um so that's just but that's a whole um, whole other conversation for another day um and I just want to talk about some women I know who are only perhaps 40 and they're actually almost checking out because I Mm. suppose they're buying into this societal well you know I'm 40 now so I'm not going to drive in Melbourne anymore you know like I'm like fuck what are you going to do when you get to 50 You know, GPs. Plus, we live so much longer than men, so we've got to be doing stuff for longer. So, 40, like, hello. I'm not being critical here, but that's just one thing I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't. And I know we shouldn't have to continually reinvent ourselves um, to be relevant. And, you know, whether that be Botox to, to, you know, look younger or whatever, but I feel like we do have to get out of our comfort zones, which we spoke about recently, and step into that power because it is a bit terrifying and you do lose confidence as you get older in whatever reason, whatever field, I should say. Um, Mm -hmm. And we do have to reclaim that space, but we have to bring everyone with us. We can't kind of go, oh, you know, like bag each other out in the process, you know, because it does happen. People go, oh, my God, like, you know, she's gone grey or she's let it go a bit. Mm. I mean, you know, like you hear it all the fucking time, don't you? And it's just so fascinating yeah. that we can't imagine ourselves at every age and we think we almost think that's never going to happen. Like we are all, we were all young once. We all do every single, you know, decade. And to think that you're not one day, gosh, you know, hopefully going to be a 70-year-old woman, um, like I just, I often think forward and think to, well, when I'm that age, how do I want to be treated? And I, I think back to my 101-year-old grandmother who only passed away a couple of years ago and just the most fascinating stories and conversations that I could have with her. But I know lots of people when she was in a nursing home late in her life that people just treated her like, like a baby again almost and it frustrated Mm. her so much because she was really smart and had so much to give and so much to offer and share still but some people yeah it was just again that the way that we treat and value our our elders but yeah every stage of life we're all going to experience it sometimes so like you say Chris we've we've all got to be there cheerleading each other at each and every stage and I think also, like, I was listening to one of Mel Robbins' podcasts um, just yesterday, actually, which I absolutely love. And she was like, you can do anything at any age. And one thing that really stood out for me, which I was going to do a post about, actually, which is relevant to our issue, uh, our topic 
episode on comfort zones. She yep. said, it's okay to be comfortable. It's not okay to play small or to yes. be small, to make mm-hmm. yourself small. And I was like, that is it, you know, like, because yes, being comfortable is great. But if you have this dream or this passion inside of you and you're keeping yourself small and you think that you've, your time's passed and you can't do it, like, that's just BS, you know, and we've got to stop that narrative of like, well, if you're 60, you can't go and do it. It's like, no, actually, that's all just made up. Everything, that's just rubbish. Like you totally. can do whatever you want at any age. Some people go and run their first marathon at 80. Like, yeah. But I do think what was really, it's just, it's so gendered. Like it's men are not sitting around worrying about this stuff. You know, they're not worried about not being able to, like a man would never go, oh, well, I'm 40, so I can't drive in Melbourne now. Mm. Like that just would never happen. I know. Like, I mean, it's just, there's so many things. And men, you know, to go to the Botox thing, Tim has never, like he would never have had a tiny, tiny, tiny thought about ever getting Botox. Like it just would never have entered his mind. Whereas I am daily worrying about do I need to go and get Botox? Like, Is that because you, know, you look just... in the mirror though, Katrina, and think you need Botox or is that because you look sideways around at other people who are all getting it and think, oh, shit, I'm going to be left behind here? Which which way does it sit for you? Well, to be honest, it's both. And I had it a couple of times, but I didn't like the way it changed my face. Mm-hmm. But just the is, idea of it, so isn't it? Is... <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that the point of yes, it? Yes, but, <laughs> but no, I, I don't want wrinkles, but I still want my expression. So it's like, oh, well, that's, actually that can't happen, Katrina. So it's like, damn it. So, I, you know, <laughs> I'm still right. hoping that I can go and get it and I'll still be able to have exactly the same smile but just have no wrinkles. It's like that's just not how it works. But <laughs> honestly, it's both, Lee. It's, yeah. you know, I look at myself now and I see my wrinkles. Like I don't, I, and I'm very, I feel grateful and blessed that I don't hate my face or anything. I've never had any mm-hmm. kind of like looking in the mirror and going, oh, my God, I look awful. Like I'm quite okay with how I look. But it, there is some wrinkles that I kind of worry about now and also because if you age naturally now, you look really old yeah. compared to everybody else who's getting Botox. <laughs> so it's really hard. Yeah, I'm totally, I, I'm totally okay with that. I totally, I don't have one, not one tiny little. Yeah. And this is not because I think I'm totally sorted. Like it's it could be further from the truth. But because I you've have, got so much natural beauty, which you do, Christy O'Brien. No, but that's not the point. Like <laughs> I have never, ever, ever, like ever thought about doing any. I mean, but I've always had a pretty low you know, beauty kind of routine anyway, I just don't, I actually don't care. Although I must admit menopause has changed my body and I haven't liked that, but it's more about mm-hmm. feeling good about the inside rather than the outside. But um, it's definitely. But real. you've never thought about getting Botox. Never. I've never like you've never, it doesn't cross your mind. I've never had a facial. I've, I've never had anything. I just, I just don't care, which is probably naive and a little bit no, of it's not fashion, at all. It's like, but I just, I just. Don't but think. I think that's a key. Thing. It should be choice yeah. as well. Like it should be that. I mean, I respect it. If you want to go and get it, go and get yeah. it. Do whatever you right. want. Like yeah. it's a very personal choice. Absolutely up to you. But I just, oh, I kind of feel like it's it's a constant daily battle for me. And again, it's just one of those things that in aging and as we get to this age, men don't ever really. I mean, I'm sure there's some men now who are getting Botox and thinking about it. But by and large. Yeah, most men, especially in rural Australia, are not having to worry about getting Botox. But I was going to say that to that point too, Katrina, men haven't grown up from, you know, such a young, yeah. young age like we have even totally. way before the era of social media and, and the digital world, even just with magazines. I, and I wasn't one that ever really got magazines when I was young, but I'd still see them at friends' places or, you know, even in shops and you would – like that subtle messaging even back then at such a young age with those Dolly magazines and Girlfriend magazines and all those ones were always about appearance and, 
the focus has always been on that. And if you get on social media now, all the, the ones with the hundreds and thousands of followers or the millions of followers, the influencers, they're all beautiful young women mm. who look a certain way. So any wonder, is there yeah, any wonder that mm. this is this is and the conditioning? And because women, I, I had not yeah. oh, I was just going to share, when this actually came up for me a couple of years ago, um, we were up visiting my, my sister on the sunny coast and I had gone for a walk um, one morning and I sat down with with her actually. We met up and we sat down and we're having a coffee just outside and there was a group of women sitting at the table right beside us who I guessed were in, you know, their mid to late 50s kind of age. And they were all sitting chatting together and I just remember having this moment of um, not dreading but hoping that I didn't get to that age and their stage where they were at too quickly. I looked at them and felt like they were quite a lot older than me. I don't know why. This was all just, you know, unconscious mm-hmm. thinking that was happening. And and I was quite just really interested in these women and what they what their conversations were. And I was in my mind thinking, I wonder what they do, like what their jobs are or just all these thoughts were going through my head around this group of women at this age. And I walked away just thinking what what was that what just happened to me in that moment why was I thinking about that why was I suddenly hoping that I didn't get too old too quickly or it just ever since that moment I've had conversations with my sister and my mum about this like where did that come from what made me feel like I didn't want to be them yet because do you know why I felt like I didn't want to be them was because in my mind I thought they were past it like that that they Mm. society like they were irrelevant now at that age and and the what has come for me since that moment is just all this questioning around why did I feel that in that moment? Mm. And that's what sort of set me on this path of wondering, do they feel that? Do those women feel that at that age? So clearly this is society that has put those thoughts into my head because there's no other reason for me to have that. And I think um, even society holds us to a high standard, but women hold each other to a high standard more mm. than anyone, which is awful. But it's mm-hmm. true, like, you know, even if it, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to appearance, you know, um, I just feel like we are so bloody judgy and it is a societal based, it comes from society, but we really um, are not that kind to each other. Yeah. Oppositely, I can't wait to get to that age. I just can't yeah. wait to get to but that age. But the interesting thing, Christy, since I've had that and worked through it, I've I realise that's not who I am at all. So that's what I think that's what I'm trying to get at is it made mm. me realise that wasn't me having those thoughts. That was what I'd been mm. told. So totally. as I've had this time to work through it and think it through, and I've spoken to lots of friends in their early 50s um, about it, and I've just loved the conversations and it just makes me love women even more at that age because they're even, like you described, stepping into their power even more so. And it, I just feel so... I don't know, more excited about that stage. Um, but talking to those women and a lot of them in working in professional capacities and probably male-dominated industries as well, they do feel it. They feel this sense of um, it's harder to use their voice or they definitely feel in certain settings that they're not as valued as they once were. And I, I had this conversation with my mum about it, asking her if she ever experienced that in her 50s, 60s. My mum's 71. And she said never. And I was so interested in that. And we sort of dug into that a little bit more deeply and with my sister as well. And we came to the conclusion that for her, perhaps that she'd never experienced that because she was a nurse. Mm. So the industry that she had worked Mm. in her whole life, 
um, valued her so, so greatly. So the nurse, you know. As she got older too. As she got older, yes. Yes. She stepped, you know, she was in charge of the the hospital she worked at. She, She was so respected in the community. She was respected in her workplace. There was probably more women in that industry as well that that was never something she considered. So she found it really fascinating that that's something that my sister and I were identifying with, which is, yeah. And it's funny, you know, when you asked, we're talking before about wanting to, um, you know, whether it be Botox or wanting to look younger, uh, my fear is becoming more socially irrelevant than physically irrelevant. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to stay cool. I don't know what that is, but I want to stay cool and funky forever. (laughs) I want to still be able to go to the wine bar on a Friday night. And I'm probably not yeah, even cool and funky now. You raised there, <laughs> Lee, for me that brings up so much more nuance, again, as there always is, but it's like, okay, so is this, because what I was sort of, my mind was going to is, okay, so is it purely just on looks? Like we, be, we become mm. irrelevant because we look old. So, but then obviously that's different in different industries. So in professions like perhaps even teaching or these caring professions where there's more women then it's accepted to get old. And, in fact, we would respect an older nurse more than a younger nurse, mm-hmm. whereas if it's something like TV mm-hmm. or on the social media or in a workplace like, say, a CEO, like a male CEO respected more as older possibly than a female CEO. Like, So, obviously, again, it's just, there's a lot of nuance to this and there's a lot of, like, it depends on the area that you work in. But one thing that has, I think, stood out to me in this conversation is it does have a lot to do with how we look. And mm-hmm. how we view an aging woman versus an aging man is based a lot on appearance, which is mm-hmm. so. So then, my question is, guys, what do we do about this? Like, yeah, how well. do we, as aging women, coming mm-hmm. into this period of our lives, like, is it up to us to like really push the can for staying relevant for ourselves? Like, how do we lead by example? How do we? Is it supporting other women and just cheering them on? Like, what else can we do to really be cheerleaders for aging women? Care less. Think having the conversation. Like. Yeah, care less. <laughs> Which is hard to do when everyone around you feels like they're caring more. And when you discussed before the Botox thing, Katrina, like a couple of years ago, I was at, you know, no way, never. Like I don't even put perfume on my body. Like I'm so careful with what I put in, you know, any makeup I put on, everything's organic. Like I've worked so hard over the years to make sure I'm trying to not put shit into my body because I don't want to get cancer. Um, Mm. But, you know, that's that's been fine but then in more recent years as more and more friends and people around are going down that pathway I don't have an issue when I look in the mirror I don't look that closely really at my own face and my wrinkles I really don't but when Mm. I have everyone or so many people around me that are then going down that path it makes me just start thinking no not you too like I'm gonna be (laughs) falling left behind I'm gonna be the last person on earth with wrinkles so then (laughs) then it makes me me too. Thank God. Thank God there's a few of us left. But it makes that, it's that pressure from outside that's making mm. me think, oh, God, do I need to consider this? I can't even imagine doing that. But I, I definitely think about it now, whereas a few years ago there was a no way for me. But And, and again, not caring what other people do. But I think it comes down to supporting. relevant too, like yes. being on social media. Have too like I think that's where it does come to me to my mind it's like well if I want to stay being on social media and I want to stay promoting my business do I need to look younger you know so mm. it does tie in so much to this discussion and I think probably oh. it comes down to just supporting each other what whatever yeah. our choices are whatever we choose to yes. do whatever we choose to put in our face or mm. on our face like just support people are going to choose differently like we you know parent yeah. differently or 
you know, um, we, we all do things differently. So I think we have to yeah. support each other in that, like, which is what we talked about in the last conversation is everyone's on a different road. Yeah. <laughs> and experimenting, like you said, Katrina, you tried it and didn't love it. Like that's like, that's great too. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's no real pressure in that, is it? Like, okay, tried it, didn't like it. Or, you know, if you do and you continue on, well, good on you as well. It's probably. And also coming back to always doing the inner work too, I guess. Yeah. Like for me, that's a big thing too. Like if, you, yeah. if there is this, if you're hating something about your face or you're really feeling like, you know, there's something wrong with you and you have to go and do this stuff, then okay, that's an opportunity and an invitation really to perhaps do some deeper work too around like why you feel like that mm-hmm. about yourself. Because mm-hmm. I think it does come with a level, Christy, like what I see in you is a level of self-assurance, mm-hmm. like a level yeah. of, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I've got this. Like, I mean, I think a lot of women would die for that, you know, and it's a great place that I know has taken a lot of, you know, I mean, it's partly who you are, but also you do a lot of work to really love yourself and cherish yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really important thing to acknowledge too, yeah. is that the more we do the inner work on ourselves, mm-hmm. all as women, and, you know, perhaps we won't feel as much like we need that. If we do, that's fine. But be, sort of doing both, you yeah. know, it's like that for me, it's like, yeah, you've got to still be doing that inner work as well and loving yourself from the inside, no matter how you look. And it's there's as no well as, and there's no end point to that either. It's a, it's it's like a there's no destination. <laughs> like it's like gosh, there's not it's like everything. Like, but you know, like work never if ends. we got to that end point, we'd probably be bored. What 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 else would we do? Oh, exactly, exactly. We'd be boring, like we were talking about. I think we we're talking about it off off the thing, but we're saying you know, life life would be dull if it was all just yeah. perfect all the time, wouldn't it? We don't want that. The road That's is muddy. True. Oh, yeah. the work. Exactly. So, a, such a fascinating conversation, though, Lee. I think it's so relevant mm. to all of us and like it you know, it's something that I think about every day I guess too and that yes it's like as we age although a bit to what you were saying like I also really am excited to be aging like I, I like getting older mm-hmm. I feel like get more sort of confident within yourself as you get older in so many ways you give less shits about things totally like, and that comes from doing the work but also just getting older and wiser you know yeah yeah, yeah. I agree you so wouldn't go, you wouldn't go back to your 20s would you go back to your 20s if you were given the opportunity don't think so. But to me, it's also like this language that, language that we use because, you know, in the course that I was doing on the neuroscience, we're talking about like puberty. Sometimes puberty is seen as like, oh, God, teenagers, it's so awful. And then menopause, oh, God, menopause, it's awful. It's like, yeah. actually, we don't have to talk about it like that. So much of that is societal conditioning and we can totally. choose the language and we can choose mm-hmm. to see it a totally different way. Like what I mentioned about the grey matter actually increasing in menopause of women, like it's actually a good thing in so many ways. Yeah. So yeah. changing that language and saying actually these changes in life getting old, going through puberty, going through menopause. There's lots of wonderful things about it too. And let's talk about mm-hmm. that and celebrate it rather than just always looking to the negative. And that mm-hmm. reminds me of a fantastic book, which I banged on about like flat stick. Um, might've been when we were doing our podcast back before we had a break, I can't remember, but it's an amazing book called The Period Queen, which um, oh, yeah. written by this awesome chick over in WA who does this live show about periods and um, do this podcast series. And it's not just about, you know, periods but it is but you know even if you're not having a period anymore or you're not quite there yet you know like it just kind of frames it in such a different way and it just made me so excited I have recommended it so many times that my girls have got, I've got it. that book of yours if you're looking for it Christy oh, it's still it's in my so, bookshelf <laughs> but, it's a, but it's about stepping into your power as a woman it's not just about bleeding I mean it's great to kind of kind of change the frame around it as well but it's she's so spot on and I know why she's so popular and her show has just kept going and going because She's just really hit the nail on the head about mm-hmm. stepping into your power. And, and yes, it can be shitful at times, but there's also so many amazing things about your cycle mm-hmm. that you can utilise and, 
you know, and I've talked about it mm. with people and they just looked at me like I'm going, how long's this been going on for and how did I not know this? You know, Oh, really- Chris, I said that to you and that book changed mm. my life. And mm. I was, I was, that was only a couple of years ago that I read it. It's so I can't good. believe it got me to, I've got to 42 or 43 before I knew that stuff. I know. So it's I mean, that like- in itself is crazy, isn't it? Like yeah. it just, again, highlights this whole thing about we don't talk about this stuff. Like, I mean, I know so many women, I was just talking about with Tim the other day, who don't track their periods. But since mm-hmm. I've been tracking my period, it's life-changing because Game you don't changer. feel like yeah. you've gone mad once a month when the period comes And even and you know period. why you need what you need. Yeah. You don't yes. beat yourself up about it. And for our daughters. So again, a lesson for this is talk to our daughters, Chris. Totally. Yes. Like, and even, but even my, even my husband now, like, you know, cause our daughters are away at school as well. So you don't get to sort of see where they are, but like, you can just tell in the month without even knowing their cycle. Like you just know where they're at and even to go, Oh, she do for a period. And I go, yeah, she yeah. was. And I'm like, to talk to our boys about it too. For him to even yes, kind of know and, and not to go, Oh God, it's only a period. You know, like he actually talks about it with compassion and care and oh that makes sense yep. that adds up you know and I even sure. on my calendar in my bathroom I've got like week one week two week three week four and it's kind of yeah. like could not be clearer because <laughs> if you're not I've sure, seen it in your bathroom <laughs> I feel like adding mine to it when I go there because <laughs> <laughs> if you're not sure you should be <laughs> everybody anyway, this I will is where I'm sure. at <laughs> <laughs> often I'll bring a friend and I'll go day 25 and she'll go yep <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm, Chester's taking a saying to me, Mum, you're always getting your period. I'm like, well, it does come round <laughs> once a month. I know. It's a long I know. <laughs> Funny that. And um, I will definitely share, share the link to that in the show notes because it is bloody awesome. And even just to follow her on social media, she's um she's just great. And just to remind you that it's okay. And I was just going to mention a book actually so before good. we move on to what we're loving, uh, a book that I've been reading for about eight years and I read it in the, I read it each time um, of my cycle when I need it which is normally, you know, the, the fourth week, um, that dream week. And it's that Women Who Run With The Wolves book, which is amazing. Talking mm-hmm. about, you know, stepping into your power. And when I first started reading it eight years ago, it didn't really make sense to me. I was kind of like, mm, not really sure what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But as I've got closer to that age, I suppose, where you do embrace your power a bit more, it just makes so much sense. And I can't wait to finish it and go back and start it because it's such a, mm-hmm. an amazing tool and, um it's really an excellent book, so I will. I, I will need share to that. read that again. Thank you. I think I, I read that in my very late twenties. So uh, yeah, that's great to know that it will. Oh, did it I make sense it to you then, Lee? Uh, parts of it did, but parts of it didn't as well. Yeah, Glennon's Abby. Um, yep. Um, or whatever you know she said recommended that book. She absolutely loves it. Um, yeah, it's amazing, and it's been around for a one. long, a long mm-hmm. time. But it's um, yeah, Clarissa, someone. But I will share the notes. I'll share it in the notes. So um. And we might move on to what we're loving before we wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to kick off. I've just Go been um, revisiting a, a meditation program with the Broad Place, who we talk about quite a bit on this podcast, and it's amazing. Um, and it's called Enhance the, the Enhance Program, and it, it touches on kind of three main topics around clarity, creativity, and consciousness. And I first signed up for this program which is sort of I don't, I don't know what it is now I think it's about 400 bucks so it's like really quite inexpensive as far as online courses um and I actually signed up for it because I wanted to tap into my creativity more to write my novel and on reflection I actually wrote my whole first draft of my novel after I did this program back in 2020 but I'd almost forgotten about it the, for, I'd forgotten about the power of this program so 
I tapped into it recently because I'm thinking about doing a meditation course. Now that I've finished the yoga course, I'm thinking maybe I'll do meditation, but I'm just going to sit with what I've learned for now. And I've just kind of tapped into this course because you get lifelong access to it. And it has just been amazing, like so much, you know, I've learned to sort of, you know, tap into meditation as a tool, but different types of meditation. And it gives you some practical tools to kind of write on and reflect on. And it's it's really quite simple. It's not like weeks and weeks and weeks. It's You can do it in a week if you have the time. And it's bloody awesome. So um, I'm loving revisiting that and I will share it in, in the notes. They offer lots of different types of meditation programs and even just following the board place on um, online is really great because she's funny and insightful and also really honest and real about life. And We've we've shared a lot of their books as well, and it's just a it's a great treasure trove. I think you'd both agree, um, Katrina. I know you've done your meditation well, course with these guys. Yes, I was going to say she's my teacher. Yeah, I did my teacher training with Jack, and I've learnt meditation with her ten years ago. Like I just and I'm exactly the same, Chris. I love her. Like her just the, the way she kind of and the, she's just so good at re- making it relatable. Totally. Yeah, I just love her. So it's yeah. Definitely recommend her as well. So, and bef- oh, do you want me to share mine? Oh yeah. Although before I move on, I just want to say I'm I'm loving packing to go overseas. By the time oh, I stop it. on this podcast again, I think so I would have been and come back. So I just wanted to kind of you know little kind of side note to say so excited, to can't wait and loving the planning and the excitement around traveling overseas for the first time in four years. So hmm, can't wait. Sorry, so, so good. So good. Your so turn. good. Okay, so. I am loving and would recommend listening or, well, going and reading Sarah, Dr. Sarah McKay's books, who I have mentioned earlier in this podcast about, I think there's um, Baby Brain and the newer one. Oh, no, Baby Brain's the newest one and I think it's in her head or Women's Neuroscience or something, the first one. So any of her books are great. Also, she has been on Meg's podcast recently. Okay. um, Talking about matrescence and how, you know, matrescence is that phase Mm -hmm. after babies and how that's just becoming so much more research and talked about and all that kind of stuff so yeah any of her books follow her on instagram or go and listen to she's been on meg's podcast a couple of times actually she's just excellent and a bit the same as jack she's very good at getting complex neuroscience terms and making them relatable to yeah you know to everybody which is cool awesome and really um empowering i think so highly recommend mm-hmm. dr sarah mckay Amazing. thank you um i'm gonna shift gears into what i'm loving and it is um poetry and I don't know if either of you girls tuned into, I think it was the second last episode of Glennon Doyle's We Can Do Brave, Thing, Brave Things podcast. Um, it was called The Bravest Conversation We've Had. Either of you oh, I haven't, but now I'm really excited to listen yeah. to it. My heart is beating so hard right now just even talking about this, just sharing this because it was so extraordinary. So they interviewed Andrea Gibson. I'm not sure if either of you have heard of Andrea, but she is an amazing American poet. She's in her 40s, um, but she's a like a spoken word artist, so she doesn't just write poetry, but she gets up and presents and, and kind of reads and shares her poetry. So a lot of her writings are about centred around LGBTQ issues. Um, she's queer herself. She also writes about spirituality, feminism, mental health, um, and the dismantling of oppressive social systems. So all of her poems are around those kinds of themes, so they're amazing. She's written seven books. Um, wow. but, uh, they, Glennon and Abby interviewed her in this episode, um, which coincidentally the interview happened right at the exact time, same time that, um, Andrea was diagnosed, um, the second diagnosis, but she's has terminal cancer. 
So she just got that diagnosis and then they had this interview. So this conversation, it goes for over an hour, but it is, oh, you just have, everyone has to listen to it. It's just so, it just cracks you wide open. So the questions that the girls ask her are just so brave, um, things that you wouldn't often be brave enough to ask a dying person. And her answers are just so open and honest and vulnerable. Wow. That for me, after listening to that conversation, it kind of helped me reckon with some things that I didn't realise I hadn't dealt with with losing my own dad when he was young um, and around parts of my grief, but also in reckoning with my own mortality and, you know, the mortality of those around me that I love. I I do have a real fear of of death um, mm. and I go to that place where I actually think about it and imagine what that would mm be like I know a lot of people don't but maybe because of our experience with that it's I've gone there many times and it's so frightening for me so this conversation with her just was so amazing and so helpful and I'll just never forget it but at the wow. very end she then shared this poem of hers called tincture and you have to, you have to listen to it so you could look it up and find tincture but don't go to this episode on on mm. we can do brave things and listen to it and at the very end she reads it she reads this poem and it's about um it's about when the human dies that the soul misses the body and the way she writes about the body and the kind of human experience and what so if you can imagine once you know once you had passed on how the soul misses the body I, I can't put it into words oh. but listen to it and I listened to it a few times over this last week and this morning after I dropped my son off to school it came on again on my through my car um the audio on my car and I listened to it again and I had to pull over because I was oh, really just oh. so moved again and just in tears and then as I got driving again I came around the corner and two close girlfriends were walking their dogs so I had to pull up and stop and talk to them <laughs> I the window down and because I couldn't eyes. just drive past they would have thought I was so rude so I pulled down wound the window down and I was like bawling oh, my wow. eyes out and these two girls were like are you okay I couldn't even <laughs> I was like, oh, I just listened to a poem. And they looked at me like I was what? crazy. Um, <laughs> I've got goosebumps and so is Chris just Isn't it amazing how, how yes. words words can be so powerful? You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know what's and of, with everything yeah, else. But the I words... thought about reading some of it to you, but I will not do that. Mm. I will absolutely ruin it. So please go and listen to okay. it and then let me know. Or maybe don't if if it's just me. Yeah, um, but that doesn't matter. If, yeah, yeah, but I'd love to hear I'm what sure you guys think. Not. And I mean, any anyone yeah. else who's listening, um, go and have a listen to it. But make sure you listen to the whole interview first before yeah. you listen to her at the end with the poem. Don't oh, don't speed great. forward and hear it because it I'll won't have the same meaning. I'll add it to my list. Oh, I'll make I sure can't I, wait now. Yeah, I'll make sure I'm not in a public <laughs> space when I listen to it potentially. Though, yeah, by the same and Glenn, way. they've actually named this episode um, the bravest. What was it? Well, the bravest, the bravest, conversation, we the bravest conversation we've had. Wow. And Glennon mm. said it's the, the most amazing, most powerful conversation mm. she's ever had, and I, I understand why. Wow, that's <laughs> incredible. Gosh, I'll have to mm. get in there. and. Um... So I'm about to go buy all of Andrea Gibson's books yeah. and all of her poetry because <laughs> yeah. it's just I have looked, I've looked quite a bit of it up and been reading it, and it's bloody amazing. Get the tissues ready, Lee. Isn't yeah. it great, though, like when you listen to a podcast, how many rabbit holes um, you go down? Yeah. If, I, if I had a dollar for every book that I've bought after listening to a podcast episode, <laughs> Mm, like my bookshelf totally. is over, overflowing um thank you yeah. for sharing lee that sounds wonderful i just wanted to share something to you before um we wrap up this 
episode because we're in the in winter now as well and I know you don't love winter Lee but I was um doing a deep dive into into winter yesterday writing a, a, a blog about how to take care of yourself in winter and um obviously getting out and getting sunlight because you know reduction in sunlight can mess up with your sleep and also lack of vitamin d which can lead to you know the winter blues which is actually scientifically proven just sort of not have that um that boost of um I suppose, the good hormones that we need to keep on top of things. So, and I was sort of writing about remedies and and just getting out, out outside in winter is really hard too, particularly when we have days where it's wet all the time. And I was doing a bit of forest bathing yesterday, which, you know, is scientifically proven, just walking in the bush actually. There's chemicals in trees that are released that are there to protect themselves from the insects, but we actually take those in as well. And not only do they make us feel better, but they actually help us from getting sick as well. So... I just want to encourage everyone to get out in the winter because it's really hard when it's cold, but it's so good for you physically and mentally. And we all have to take care of each other during the colder months and, um, and yeah, mm-hmm. ourselves and each other. So yeah, that's go beautiful, well. to, beautiful point to finish. Love up. it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks Great girls advice. for sharing. Love that conversation. We never know what direction these are going to go in. Do <laughs> right. we, we, we pick a topic and we kind of say, anyone keen to talk about this? And we usually always are, but we often wonder if we're going to have enough time to fill five minutes and Loved without it. doubt. We always End up, we can't shut oh us up. God. <laughs> to put in the show notes i'll make sure put all the links and if we don't if if we've had people touch base with us through instagram to say what was that book what was that whatever so make sure you touch base because we did have a lot packed into this so um lots of rabbit holes and we love we've had some great feedback on on instagram too and people sharing their thoughts and episodes and we absolutely love that we love hearing from all of you um so please keep that coming let us know what you think let us know your thoughts on some of these issues that we've been talking about And we will be back in a couple more weeks for another episode. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. See ya. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spreading the Good Stuff. It is so lovely to have your company here. If you enjoyed the show, we would absolutely love it if you hit the little arrow at the top of the podcast iTunes page there or like it on Spotify and also give us a rating five would be fabulous if it's not a five for you then maybe just don't bother that's okay but if it is we would love for you to help us spread the good stuff more by supporting us and also tell your friends about it we all know that word of mouth is the best way to learn about new things maybe share on your socials do a little screenshot of the podcast tile whatever works for you but we would just absolutely love it if you would help us spread the good stuff thanks guys